Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because it is a podcast and you listen to podcasts whenever you might. Perhaps you are now on the 7 train out to Flushing Meadows to see the finale of the United States Open, which is completely apropos because we are here with Mr. Shiv Paul, who is the chair of the diversity committee of the USTA and the communications director of the gay games. Did I get that all right? Close. 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 I, I'm the vice chair of the USTA's National Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Not, yes. not the chair yet. Okay. Oh, vice chair. I'm yes. so sorry. I, okay. I gave I accidentally gave you a pro- <laughs> I accidentally gave you a promotion. <laughs> well maybe that will that maybe that will manifest into that. You said that, Austin. Shiv. Welcome. Thank you. Now, diversity, inclusion, and the gay games, uh, and tennis. Mm. Tennis has a special place in the sports firmament in that it is a truly, truly international game. You have people from virtually every country mm-hmm. represented uh althea gibson's statue just went up at the u.s open which is yeah. named after arthur ash which has yep. the billy jean king center uh out civil rights gay rights gay activism this all happens in tennis yeah but we don't see it in other sports why do you see that you know, it's um, it's an interesting question. I mean, you're absolutely right in terms of tennis being almost everyday kind of like international relations, right? Because you have people from different countries playing matches and people from different um, socioeconomic backgrounds and upbringings and, um, you know, different sexualities and genders and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that in itself answers a question of why um, it, it's sort of all-encompassing um, in terms of, of all of those different different pieces. I mean, when you think of the concept of, of intersectionality and what um, makes up somebody's uh, identity, you know, it, it's it's no longer just one thing. It's, it's not sort of being gay or being straight or, you know, you're, it's not based on your gender. It's a combination of all of those kinds of things. And um, as you talk about that, it sort of occurs to me that, that tennis, I think, automatically encompasses all of those things at once. So right. I'm not sure if that's really an answer to the question. Well, but. maybe 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 it's is there something inherent in the nature of the sport that allows for the individual who might be of a different ilk to progress uh, vis-a-vis, say, a hardcore team sport? I think... Um the way that I would answer that question is, you know, tennis is, is ultimately it's an individual sport. I mean, obviously, there are you know many people that go into making a player when you're talking about the professional tour. But ultimately, 
you know, your one individual, um, when we're talking about singles, obviously, who who is there on the court and really you're kind of left to your own devices to, to make it work and to win. And so for me, tennis is very much like life, right? You know, you, you have to problem solve, you have to roll with the punches, you have to have patience, you have to um, be able to be adaptable and sort of change from minute to minute. And so I say all of that to say that I think it's a really good learning ground for for the rest of life, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as an individual, you have to be able to um, face, of course, success, but failure as well, right? And live with that on a on a regular basis. And I think you know, if I, Roger Federer, I think, I'd have to paraphrase him because I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he said something along the lines of, if you, uh, you know, uh, if you are not prepared to fail, then you shouldn't go into sport. And I, and I think that's kind of true of life, right? You know, you have to sort of be able to be adaptable um, to survive. He didn't prepare to fail that well <laughs> then, did he? Because uh, <laughs> unless he's playing a Spaniard on a clay court. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but you just you also just said it, uh, it, it, being an individual sport, and yes, you have coaches and managers and, you know, equipment uh, gurus and stuff like that throughout your professional tennis career. Oh. But uh, in, the, in the amateur or in the spirited uh, semi-professional realm you said it earlier international relations because Mm. it's you out there against someone else on the court and you're going to see them through the duration of your life because you're in the same age group you're in the same bracket so it's you them and the referee but it's actually you and them so you gotta i guess you do have to relate to people in Whereas if it's the Yankees playing the Red Sox, it's they're wearing the white, we're wearing the gray. There's a unit mass to that. Um, Tennis is a very individual, even when you're playing doubles, it's you and your partner versus two other people. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, I I have something to say about that. But just to go back to to what I was saying in terms of, you know, you asking why you think um, sort of tennis kind of uh, breeds that or, or, you know, educates people in that realm. Yeah. you know, I think it's almost kind of everyone's own coming out story. And when I say coming out story, I just mean getting to a point of living where you, you know, you truly accept yourself and, you know, you love yourself unconditionally and, you know, you recognize all the kind of good, the bad, the ugly parts of yourself. And, you know, you decide what you're going to do with that. Um, I think tennis really helps uncover all of those aspects of Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, And then it's kind of up to you what, what you do with that. And if, you know, if we talk about Roger Federer again, um, you know, amazing player, really classy guy. But, you know, he also used to have a temper on him, right? And there's a, uh, another story, famous story he, he tells about when he was really acting up on the court with his dad when he was younger and his dad just left him and said, you know, that behavior is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And he said that was a real kind of um, turning point for him to realize, okay, how do, I, how do I want to behave? How do I want to act? So, you know, I think that is is something that tennis does it helps your own kind of individual learn journey through life of finding out, you know, who you are. Right. Um, and then what did you just ask me? We were going back to, uh, it's, it's you and another player and the referee, but it's actually you and the other player. So international relations, you have to relate to that other player because you're going to see them through the duration of your career. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think the thing about sports and you know, if you think about the Olympics, um, and, you know, I'm, 
everyone has an opinion about the Olympics and many challenges and issues associated with that. But you know, it's it's, it's famously you know not political, right? Um, and there's Except a, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not political well, in caps, but exactly, in parentheses yeah. is shh. Exactly. Well, I, I was doing air quotes when I said, you know, it's not political. But, um, but you know, I think, I think that's part of the point of sport, right? Is that you can dispense with, you know, your, your nationality almost, your gender. Um, I mean, nationality is important. Obviously, you know, people, people play for the country and are very passionate about that. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when you're, when you're on the court, and I think with any sport, right, if you're good um, and you play well, in a, in a professional capacity, then people like you, right? And they and they they're not they don't really care whether you're. Oh yeah, I'm a huge or, Djokovic fan. Exactly. I don't like Djokovic. Go Coco. No, I'm right. Team Naomi. Right. Exactly. So you know, I, I think, by the way, go Coco. <laughs> exactly. Right. Love it. She's got a very bright future. Oh I'm my a god. Big fan of hers. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say is that I I think sport in a way is is sort of designed to transcend all of that, and and that's why it does. Uh, kind of corral people and make people very passionate and that kind of thing because it is it's community and it's part of identity and and it's you know fun as well and all those kinds of things but I think it's a space where you actually um, can sort of be more of yourself than you may be able to be in in other areas of your life like at work or you know even sometimes at home or all those sorts of things if that makes sense that does make sense that completely makes sense uh now back to the self mm. uh so you're talking about the self and maybe an amplified version of yourself um as the vice chair of the diversity and inclusion committee of the USTA nailed it that you time. Well done. Uh, and the communications care, uh, chair of the gay games. Uh, where is the role in the athlete like to be out and outspoken? And by the way, I mean that both in a, uh, in a, in, in an LGBTQ way, but I also mean it sort of in, uh, you know, uh, 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 black rights and civil rights mm-hmm. and and minorities and the oppressed in general kind of way. What's the role of the athlete in that, especially in your capacity, is trying to shepherd this role between the institution, the sport, and the, the your your mandate as both diversity mm. and the gay games. So, um, two sort of very different different roles actually but you know very kind of similar agendas which is to um you know promote awareness of sport visibility of sport to encourage more participation whether that's as a a player uh, an attendee a spectator you know any of those sorts of things um so the mission is is sort of very similar i i mean you know there is a saying and i do a lot of uh work in diversity and inclusion and i i always have and and Diversity obviously is very important to me, but inclusion, I think more than that, you know, ever since I was young, I never wanted anybody to feel left out, you know, so it was always very important for me to, um, to make people feel accepted and to feel sort of, you know, that they belonged as, as, as much as everyone else. Um, I think, uh, so what I was going to say was that there is a saying when you work in diversity and inclusion that you're basically what your your goal is to do yourself out of a job right i mean the point <laughs> is we we want to live in a world where you don't need to have diversity and inclusion committees um to work with marginalized groups because ultimately you don't want groups to be marginalized right so i think activism takes many different forms 
And, uh, you know, at, at a basic level, I think the purpose of the athlete, right, if we're talking in the, in the professional sphere, um, who is perhaps, you know, a, a minority or, you know, it does uh, come from one of these or more of these marginalized communities, I think it's just to turn up, right? It's just to, it's just to turn up, to show your face, um, to be representative of that community or communities um, so that people can see themselves represented there. You know... Ah, that in itself is the... I get you. I, I, I that, That's certainly one form. Um, you know, when we talk about these different diverse communities, obviously, uh, you know, some are... are um, clearly more obvious than others right you know i mean I, i'm a person of color if i turn up and i'm brown or you know you turn up and you're black and you're playing that kind of thing then obviously you're representing you know other other people who look at you and and, and perhaps you know idolize you and, and things like that um it when when it comes to sexuality obviously that's more hidden and so you know i don't know if the the purpose of a an active gay athlete is is actually to come out on the tour and sort of be, you know, an activist in, in that sense. You know, when you when you think about, again, intersectionality and the things that make up identity, sexuality is just one part of that. And, and again, if you think about sport as sort of being a place where you, you don't necessarily have to marginalize yourself, I think that's probably one of the core reasons why uh, there aren't, uh, particularly on the male side of the tour, there, you know, there, there aren't any active, openly gay players today. Oh, I didn't think about that. Because uh, you think you think about the famous cases of like, you know, Michael Sam, the mm-hmm. uh, NFL player who came out as um, gay. Um, you're right. It's the, the 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 prominent gay activists are Martina and Billie Jean King and stuff like that. Right, right, and I, and I think in some so stigma is still there. Yeah, but I, I I think that also, you know, that also comes to kind of society stereotyping and things like that. And you know, if you have a female athlete, then oh right, there's a know, oh there's even a oh. That's a double-edged sword. There's even a stereotype inherent in that. Right. She's really good. Must be gay. Right, exactly. Oh, you know, man. Oh. you're a female soccer player. You must be gay. It's it's kind of like back in the day. You know, you're you're a male flight attendant. You must be gay. Right. You know, hairdresser. You must. I mean, I'm. You know. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, I, I, so. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think of it from the flip edge that it's like now if you're hyper talented and sort of on the more masculine side of the feminine spectrum, you're automatically branded. You're like, no, that's my husband. Everything's cool. And then you've got to fight. To, oh, man. Oh. So my, my point is... Right, I was, see, I see, I see. My, my point about that was I think, you know, maybe it's... Um, maybe there is uh, sort of more acceptance for... Um, lesbian professional sports people, right. right? To be, yeah, and there are some, you know, there are obviously, you know, um, there are um, out female players who play on the tour today. Um, but I think even, you know, even for them, the when you when you are a professional sports person, right, or, or whatever kind of profession you go into, but we're talking about sports right now. Yeah, you basically you you want to be the best, right? You know, that's how you make your living. That's how your that's that's your job. You're there to play, to compete, to win. And um, I think sexuality isn't necessarily something that comes into the equation for, for everybody. I don't want to be the best gay player. I want to be the best player. Right. Full stop. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, and there are so many things that go into 
um, becoming successful, I think, in that sphere, um, that when you look at, at players who, who are doing very well, um, or actually, let me take that back, you know, you look at players who are, who are surrounded by a system in order to allow them and enable them to play well and to compete and to win, um, there's somebody to take care of everything so that all that player has to really worry about is getting that yellow ball over the net, right? right. And winning that point. Okay. You've actually, you've actually changed my perspective a little bit uh, because I'm outspoken and I believe in activism and in, in a way going too far goes too far and just showing up and being here and being like, oh, I'm a great athlete. Well, you're gay. He's like, yeah, well, I'm still a great athlete moving on because yeah. this is just this is just me it's not something i have to telegraph because i'm already telegraphing it by showing up and stepping over that line right right i mean i think you know the question becomes um one of authenticity right you know i, I think just because you are uh because you're not coming out doesn't necessarily mean that you're lying about your sexuality and things right. like that and you know um like I say, I think activism takes takes many different different forms, um, and you know I won't lie by saying that I I think it would be nice to have some some active professional players who who do come out, but I also sort of understand the reasoning of them not wanting to be um, sort of consumed by that always being the talking point, right? A, Which is probably what would happen. A loving kiss of your wife after winning the World Cup is a bigger statement than walking out fist raised saying we're here we're queer you know let's go uh i i awesome i love that i love that tenant right there now let's go down to the intimate level in the day-to-day non-professional world like you highlighted in your film queens of the court mm. uh that is where being out and being community oriented is now now being vocal is part of it. Talk a little bit about this film and what you were working on in the LGBT uh, tennis community. Yeah, so I made Queens at Court um, around uh, five or six years ago, I think. It was back in 2014. And um, a really good friend of mine, Kenrick Ross, um, who is also, you know, quite a big player on on the the gay tour. There's a, a gay tour called the Gay and Lesbian Tennis Alliance. They have about 60 tournaments around the world, I think. They're probably 10,000 players. And, you know, you pay to play at these tournaments. And um, I'd moved to New York in the end of 2005, maybe. And a couple of years after that, sort of took up tennis again. And I was not aware that there was this whole world of, uh, you know, not just a gay tennis league and a gay tennis tour, but multiple gay sports leagues, particularly in, in New York. There was the gay games, which I'd never heard of, you know, all of these different avenues, which when I was a kid, I don't think they, they really existed. Um, so I found that really fascinating and uh, had said to Ken, I want to kind of document this in some way and make a movie about it. And I didn't really know what I wanted to to make necessarily, but I, I was fascinated by the fact that these avenues and outlets existed, and I think they're very important. We'll come back to that in a second. Mm. But also that um, there's a huge diversity within uh, the, those tours and those communities of the people who play. And so we started filming, and and you know we just we went to a few tournaments that we were playing at, and there are uh, three other subjects in the film. 
um, you know, one is a um, former former uh, army uh, officer who had PTSD. One is a male to female transsexual. Um, you know, one is an obese player. I I knew them all loosely um, on the tour. Um, they're good friends of mine now, but I was fascinated that ultimately what what drew them together, and I think what draws us together, is not the fact that that you know you're, you're LGBT, you know LGBTQ. Um, it's more around. Uh, it's not even necessarily tennis. I mean, tennis is is the kind of uh, sort of glue that sort of drew us together. But what they all really had in common was finding a sense of themselves and a sense of acceptance through sport and community, actually, which I think is one of the massive um, powers of of sport in itself. Um, and if you watch that movie, you know it's, it's twenty minutes long. It's on YouTube. You can you can Google it. Um, you'll see that all of those people are kind of at different levels in the spectrum of of kind of self-acceptance like mm-hmm. if you look at Giselle who is the the male to female um transsexual I mean she's super confident yes you know yes absolutely very alluring personality you know th- there's sort of no doubt in her mind that anything she wants to do she can make happen and manifest and she has you know right um and some of the others of, of us um as you see in the movie are, are sort of somewhere else along along that scale but I think what helps us get towards that level of acceptance and and sort of you know unconditional self love is um, it is being part of this community. It is it is sort of you know um, having something that that gives you uh, something like a sport, which gives you more than just the physical activity, but you know family, community, sense of self, sense of identity, that that kind of thing. Um, so that's sort of how the movie ended up uh, becoming becoming what it was. So, you know, it's about tennis, but it's not really about tennis. Right. And 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 a leadership within that community because if you are if you are harboring self doubt or you're new to this this tennis community, be yeah. it be it gay or straight or whatever community, yeah. and you see someone like Giselle, one, mop the floor with you on the court, and then two go over and graciously say that was a great game yeah. uh you can do this too yeah. and and that that transcends sexuality like if if yeah. you if you get your ass handed to you by someone and they don't petulantly walk off because they messed up they go wow yeah that was a great job you're going to be great one day you go wow Roger Federer just said that to me. Yeah. Oh my God! Right, yeah. And, yeah. and but on the social spectrum, if you see uh, an out transgender powerful woman like Giselle go like kick your ass on the court yeah. and then like fist pump and be like booyah, yeah. then you're like then you're like <laughs> look at her, yeah. look at her. She doesn't have a care in the world. She's the center of her own world. Blah 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 blah, and that can elevate me in my sporting life yeah. and in my in my my sexuality or my civil rights life or whatever it might be that is either oppressing me externally or internally or whatever demons I might be battling. Exactly. Exactly. And you know if you if you watch the film it, it does touch on so, so the two other other characters in there Jean Telfort who was in the army and he was so it was but actually all three stories yeah. were so moving yeah. because they're just three different directions yeah uh and he was he was great because he's like i was losing my mind yeah i the army killed me you know yeah Yeah, thank you for 
for for those comments on the the movie but yeah you know jean uh, he he will say in the movie that you know he when he he came out of the army he wasn't fit to be around people and mm-hmm. you know his his way of sort of dealing with that was was to you know to get into tennis and you know when we think about activism Giselle Chip and Chip is the the you know the guy who's overweight who plays tennis and we'll come to him in a second. Yeah, he's he's great. His yeah, story was, he was really. I amazing. mean, you, please watch this film. Yeah. You know, in fact, right now, pause, take twenty minutes, watch it, and come back. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome back. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed Queens at Court, which you found on on YouTube after Googling that. Um, But, you know, uh, we we were talking about activism having different forms. And um, Jean, you know, is very active in in the community and um, sort of very active on social media, at corralling people together. And, you know, he has a tennis family group uh, on Facebook. He's now started an annual Courage Awards, um, which happens every... um, every year in New York and um, you know he celebrates people from the community who have who displayed you know um, displayed sort of you know courageous uh, behavior and things like that um, which is a great sort of event that he does you know he's very kind of outspoken and vocal um, but then you think about somebody like chip you know his his he he also is an activist but in a very different way you know I yes. talked about just showing up yeah and he will say himself um, most people, when they when they see him on court, they they probably will think like, "What is he doing here?" And I have to be honest. Before I knew him, and I saw him at, a, at an event, I'm I think I had the same thought, and was like, "Well, you know, how does that guy even play?" But as I got to know him, um, you know, as a, as a friend, and knew more about his story, particularly through the making of this this movie, I I cannot honestly say that if I were in his position that I would be going and turning up on tennis courts. I would not. I would not. That was, that was the exact thought that went through my head when I watched Chip's story. I'm like, no, I couldn't do that. I would. And I, he is incredibly brave. Uh, He's like, I'm dealing with this issue, but I love, I love me some tennis. I'm going to get out there. And then you see everyone turn around and they're all like, they're all like, yeah, come on, let's do it. He's, He's trying yeah. and no one else tries. Yeah. And like I was a little meh, yeah. but clamped, choked up listening to him. Yeah. Um, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he, he's living, right? I mean, yeah. you know, he doesn't stop him living. And it interesting. So Queens at Court is actually how I got involved with the, with the USDA. Um, <laughs> but he, um, so, so sorry, at that time, um, Dia Abrams, who was then the head of diversity for the USDA, came to a screening that I held in New York and then decided to sort of use that as part of their diversity outreach programs. And so there were a series... Did that of- division exist before the, the diversity outreach uh, yes, committee? Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So so, so the, the, the USDA's um, sort of national staff has a diversity... Um, a diversity department, diversity and inclusion department, and he was he was the head of that for many many years and did a really great job. So, you know, we devised this um, series of events back in 2014 where we went to what was then the Emirates Airlines U.S. Open series, mm-hmm. hardcore events that led up to the U.S. Open, and we had these pride events. So we would go to tournaments that were interested. We'd show the movie, um, you know, we'd have sort of drinks and snacks and then we'd have a discussion around it and then everyone would go and, and watch the matches. Um, and actually those Pride events 
um, and many of those tournaments still happen today. So it's you know, and they've taken to a different flavor and they've sort of broadened and, and ex- expanded. But it's actually kind of exciting to see that that's that's continuing. Um, and the U.S. Open just had their first Pride event um, this year, actually, which was great. Um, but what I was going to say was, during the course of that tour that we that we did, and we went to about I think six or seven events. I can't remember now. Um, the the story that resonated with people generally the most, you know, different colors, different genders, different sexualities, it was always Chip's story. Yeah. And, and I think part of the reason is that, you know, he, he sort of uh, speaks very physically to people because of how he looks, but actually that makes it very relatable. So, you know, everyone can kind of identify with, with how he feels and the struggle and that kind of thing. And they're basing it on whatever their own kind of struggle is. And that might be because they're, they're gay or, you know, because they're somebody of color or, you know, they're facing that kind of in some area of their life. So I always found it interesting that um, his story was the one that resonated with people the most of really broad spectrum of, uh, of people. Well, you know, it's, it's, it, again, the, I, I think we've, we've harped on a mantra here of the just showing up mm. because we have the chips of the world who just show up and make people take pause and reflect back on themselves and be like, one, would I have the courage to do that? You know, uh, and more, more often than not, I guess most people's answer would be like, no, I don't. But then you have to go deeper and be like, Yes, I would. I would have the courage to just show up. So it 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 if it starts sort of it's sort of this weird like depression happiness curve that looks sort of like uh like an inverse circle with a loop at the top, right? Where you're right. like, "No, I couldn't do that." Wow, he's mo- motivating. Yes, I can. Right? Right. Uh yeah, this it starts at the top. You're like, I couldn't do that. Oh no, I couldn't do that. Oh, he's then he it moves over to he's really moving to then it just sh- skyrockets to if he can, I can. Yeah. And that's the just showing up clause. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think you know we're sort of separating the kind of you know professional and um oh yeah no we're we're we're, we're now in the self reflection yeah yeah but i i think it is um you know i'd made the comment before that i i'm not i'm not sure how necessary it is to have a you know an, an out male player on the tennis tour who's who's sort of playing actively today and i'm sure i'll, I'll get lots of backlash and opinions about that <laughs> um but I don't know if the fact that there isn't one, I'm not sure how how much that limits young gay kids who are on the path to be professional af- athletes. I don't know how much it limits them from actually entering into that. Right. I don't know. So I'll probably get into trouble for saying that. But when it comes to the sort of more social aspect and things like that, and you have, you know, your, your gay sports leagues, you have the gay games, I, I think it is still, it's still incredibly, incredibly important that those uh, organizations exist right because it does provide a kind of you know safe haven uh you know a, a safe sort of community space for people to really be authentic you know i think right. in, in that sense it allows people to perhaps come back to a sport um that they left behind because of those reasons like because they didn't feel accepted and things like that um or allows people to pick up sports at a, at a different age and and still sort of get a competitive element but still sort of have community as as well um so I think there's always a debate about whether you really need these, you know, gay organizations or gay leagues or even the gay games and things like that. And, and I think there is still 
uh, a huge space for, for them. I've been to three, I think at least three gay games now. And when I went to my first one in 2010 in Cologne, um, I thought it was going to be another tennis tournament and I was there with Ken and a bunch of other friends and things. And it was such a moving experience. I wasn't expecting it at mm-hmm. all. You know, it, it, there's the whole parade of nations that happens in the stadium. And, you know, literally there'll be one person from, you know, India or something like that who, who's competing. And, and you you know that many of these people are coming from countries where they will be jailed or killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I can, I, you know, uh, yeah. I think... Um, in the LGBT community space, it it sometimes does feel it, it's sometimes easy to feel a bit disengaged and uh, sort of disconnected from that community. But then you see a case study like that exactly. where where uh, there is a uh, uh, a Brunei someone from Brunei, exactly. which is now it's punishable by death, exactly. right? And that person goes, you yeah. know, fuck the police. Yeah. I'm going to go out there under my nation's flag exactly. and this is a criminal offense. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. We are, we're, yeah. we're, yes, there's a still yeah. serious uphill challenges in the United States, yeah. but nothing compared. So again, this yeah. visibility and this community and this showing up and basically yeah. sometimes giving the finger to authority is necessary and yeah. powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that's, that is one of the the, the major points of um, of having these kinds of uh, organizations that that exist, right? Is is to do that. Um, you know, it's um, it does make you feel. It, it, well, I'll just piggyback on everything that you just said. Like, it does make you understand that there is still work to be done, that there is a movement, and that you are part of that movement, right? Um, so I I found it to be a very a very sort of moving experience that way and I mean honestly, sobering yeah I would encourage everybody to come and visit the gay games once you know it's also a cultural event right, right? it's not just a, a sporting event but you know if you if you do go and you sort of you know go and watch some of the sports or go to some of the events and things like that you know you really you really sort of understand that this is a place where some people come, you know, for one week mm-hmm. where they can truly just be who they are and they don't really have to worry about it. And you realize how, you know, I, I live a very <laughs> wow, privileged yeah. lifestyle where I don't, ha- you know, I don't worry about that in, in where I live or, you know, with the work that I do and that kind of thing. But it is a, an issue for people. And it, you know, it honestly, it always makes me cry because when I see the environment, people just want to be who they are and they just want to live. And it's like, why why is that offensive to people you know why is it such a big deal you just and and and, and and you know what and, and it's actually offensive to me that you need to forge these safe spaces and safe offense yeah. where people can just be like this is literally me india and china have you know one quarter of the world's population and there were probably seven flags from each of those countries represented right, right. that's not right that means there are god knows how many people just living in the shadows when and I mean, it's the classic, the classic trope of the underground gay club of the 40s and the 50s where, you know, people mm-hmm. had to subversively slip in and give secret. And then finally, you were opened into the world, into the doors where you could just be yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. fucking criminal. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you think about the, the gay games, the next games is in Hong Kong in 2022. Now, we all know what's happening in, in Hong Kong at the moment. You know, it's a very sort of tricky difficult situation but um you know as the communications officer for the gay games i'm you know 
getting a lot of a lot of emails and, and things like that from people who are really concerned and you know people who will you know adamantly not go there because you know it's an, they don't accept LGBT people mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know obviously it's very politically very tricky mm-hmm. and I understand all of that and that and that's that's people's that's people's rights and, the, and their choices to make but I also you know my response generally always is that it's also important for us to to go to territories where these uh, these policies are in place simply just to show people that you know there's there's nothing to be afraid of you know with the lgbt people here we're actually very good for the economy socioeconomics and that kind of thing um and so i think it's important to, to kind of show up and, and sort of present that face as well right? right it was there is one um one quote in uh queens at the court which was uh listen it's it's not it's not a 24 7 orgy and then someone yeah. goes is it though? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wasn't invited. <laughs> that was me, I think. I oh, what? Comment, so. <laughs> Always uh, worried I'm but, missing out. Yeah, yeah. All this, yeah. All this uh, erroneous demonization is immediately dispelled. Just be like, oh, it's just people. It's just people. Chill out, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, that's, it's... You I, know, uh, I mean, sorry, I keep harping on about the gay games. Please. I think it's important. I mean, you know, it is this environment where literally if you've just picked up a sport you can come and play and compete oh really but they also have you know world records have been broken at the games and i think people don't understand that you know people it's the full spectrum exactly people take their sport very very seriously there but Um, also the spirited amateur has an opportunity to compete at the highest level exactly in an embracing uplifting community like where we said earlier where you get your ass kicked by one of the best athletes on earth they give you a hug they don't give you a dismissive like like stare Right. Well, I mean, it depends. You know, um, there's, there's, there, there, well, there's little, just, <laughs> all right. There's, there's assholes everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like that one. It's like that one Simpsons where Bart gets the <laughs> elephant and they put the elephant in the elephant stampy the elephant. They put the elephant in the elephant reserve yeah. and he just keeps bumping yeah, yeah. into all the other elephants. <laughs> and the the zookeeper goes, "Well, Bart, yeah. like the people world, some animals are just assholes." <laughs> Exactly. So exactly. yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. There's a couple guys. There's that. There's that one yeah. sprinter, Dave. Stay yeah. away from that one sprinter, Dave. Dave, you know who you are. But but I we're we're joking and it's funny. But it it that that's great that the inclusion level is from world record beaters to yeah. I really want to give javelin a try. Right. Right. Exactly. You know. Um. And I you know I think like I say I think it's it's important to have these kinds of organizations that, that just are embracing and accepting and you know how often can you can you do that where you know you just pick up a, a sport and you want to kind of get a bit of a competitive flavor and um you're not necessarily going to be able to compete at you know the actual olympics but you know this is a competitive environment where you can come and have fun and you know meet lots of people and, and that kind of thing so um all for a very worthwhile cause and um, I'm assuming the gay games gives back to the community also. Yes, yes, yes. We, you know, we have um, quite a lot of initiatives and things um, that go on uh, between the games as well. Right. And, um, you know, we um, often have uh, different kinds of award ceremonies and things like that that go on throughout the year and we'll go to different cities and, you know, we always aiming to celebrate um 
local businesses, you know, people from the LGBT community and those kinds of things. You know, we have a, a sponsorship program for athletes who come to the game. So, you know, we do we do a lot. It's it's really grown um, since uh, Tom, Dr. Tom Waddell started it, you know, quite a few years ago. Um, and I think the fact that it has grown and, you know, participation numbers, I think, for the Paris Games, which is the most recent one, were, were 10,500, you know, shows that obviously there is a... Uh, ten and a half thousand athletes. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. For comparison, how many athletes show up to the Olympics? You know, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I think, as the communications director, you should know that because that's a that's a. I'm not the communications (laughs) director for the real Olympics, but I'm going to no for 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 your organization. I think that's a good metric because you could be like, oh, seventeen hundred show up to the Olympics, but. uh, I'm Googling it. Right uh, we're now. Googling it as we speak. I'm actually curious at how many athletes show at the Olympics and if you uh, if you top that or come under that. Um, while we're while we're looking that up, is Serena the greatest athlete of all time? It's a good question. Um, I'm probably a bit biased because I love Serena. I everyone loves uh, Serena. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I think. You know, we, we have this debate all the time about um, on the male side is, you know, Roger or Rafa, um, the greatest. I, I, think you I don't know. I, yeah. You flip a define. coin with that because there's so many different metrics to measure them because, right. all right, he's got him on this. He's got him on that. You know, oh, that was an injury year. Right. Because, um, you know, Rafa gets injured a little bit more than uh, Roger does. Uh, but then it took Roger how many years to beat him at the French Open? Would he uh, lose like six straight against him or something like that? Yeah. Well, Roger won the French Open, but that wasn't against that wasn't against Rafa. Oh, right, because Rafa wasn't playing. <laughs> That's why. There we so, go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think, I you know, when you look at Serena's, uh, so sorry, just to tie off on the men's side, actually. So this past weekend, um, we had the semi-annual meeting for the USTA, so all of the national committees get together and. Mm-hmm. Actually, Rod Laver was, um, ah. you know, on stage yesterday at the General Assembly. And, you know, you, you have to think, you know, he also is, I think, is one of the greatest players of all time. He's the only guy that's won a calendar Grand Slam twice. Yep. So, you know, you have to think about what, what defines success. But when it comes to Serena, I mean, when you look at the records that she has broken, it, I mean, it it really is phenomenal. Uh, she's won everything. You know, statistics are, are kind of off the charts um i mean i i certainly you know and, and you just made a really uh, your question actually is very um sort of on point to what we're talking about today because what you asked me was is she the greatest athlete of all time not tennis player right yeah so, oh oh i didn't even mean to do that yeah. but i did mean to do that because yeah. that's actually my question <laughs> I, I, I i my opinion is she certainly is one of i have to say uh, you know and, and i think she still has a lot more to do you know she's not finished yet I mean, this this will be a great way to uh, close this conversation out. By the way, do we get how many the Olympics have? Well, it says... Um, Not the Winter Olympics, because like four people go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says it says just under 3,000. All right. Yeah, so take that... two events across 15 different schools. Take, right? take that. That sounds about right. Does I mean, it? the United States sends like 300 people, right? But like most other nations send like, you know, 10, 5, 4 two you know 
Because uh, we, we I mean, usually the United States is the most well represented, followed by Russia That's and then true. China. And then, you know, crazy thing about India is I, India just doesn't have other than. Yeah. All right. I We've got it. We're going to have a different topic on sports in India shortly. Yes. Um, but. Um, Oh, so back to the inclusion Actually, and that, sorry, that was the Winter Olympics. Oh, okay. stupid Winter Olympics! So, <laughs> I think it's Don't it's worry. more like eleven thousand. Oh, ah, damn it! But you know, we're, we're, hey, we're you're on, on par. You're on par. On par. Exactly. You're on par. Yeah. That's fine. And That's we don't, you know, generally the Gay Games doesn't have as many sports. Um, as the so know, more competitive more competitors and fewer sports exactly. there you are yeah. take that olympics exactly and winter olympics just take everything <laughs> no I, I i'm kidding i love the i love the, I, I love both olympics yeah, every 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 couple of years i'm like oh, the olympics are coming i'm not gonna i'm gonna watch everything i'm gonna watch every single thing like you think ah oh, it's coming again i don't really care i really care i really care usa 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 in the middle of a bar at 3 30 in the morning exactly. everyone's like usa usa i'm like why do we always we always care about it yeah, uh, exactly. and we always think we're not gonna um i got the perfect way to uh close this conversation off shiv okay. uh we've got serena and now she's playing you know coco and naomi and these are these are children mm -hmm. these are literal active children yeah. who are younger than her first major wins. Mm -hmm. How uplifting must that be to have the opportunity to play against your literal childhood hero and beat her and have her share the stage with you and tell everyone to shut up and let her talk. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can only imagine it's a, a massive privilege for for them to do that, you know. And and you know, if you listen to uh, Naomi, I'm a big fan of hers as well. Um, you know, Coco uh, beat Venus at Wimbledon, and you listen to what she says about Venus and Serena. I mean, really, you know, they've done so much uh, for for tennis, right, and for you know. American tennis and things like that but I think just in general um the younger players get very very inspired by them you know they're still going after after all of these you know so many years later um so I mean if you read what what Naomi and Coco will say about them I think for them it's a it's just almost dream come true right it's yeah. a massive privilege to to share that stage and I think probably for Serena too you know she's probably excited to see future generations coming up and um whenever she and Venus retire, which hopefully will be never. But you know, at some point <laughs> when they do, you know, I think they will know that that tennis is sort of uh, future in, tennis is in, in safe future hands. tennis is in good hands. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shiv Paul, this has been absolutely remarkable. If you have time, please go to YouTube and check out Queens at the Court. And let's all embrace uh, Shiv's mantra and the mantra of the Gay Games and the mantra of tennis and. Just go out there and represent yourself and play and just, play hard. Just show up. Just show up. Yeah. Excellent. Shiv, thank you so much. Thank you.